Okay, welcome to the Virtually Connected Podcast. I'm Desh Malani. And my name's Garth Brilly. And we're going to talk about virtual stuffs and things for you today. Yep. And um, I thought, just to start off with, I'm going to uh, bring up a couple of uh, virtual reality and um, new media related buzzwords. Yep. Um, you had a chance to possibly research some and the other ones I haven't told you yet. Okay. Um, oh, you can, yeah, you're allowed to use the phone if you want. Um, it's not for a prize and you win nothing. Uh, yep. Just your dignity. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm going to ask you what, do you, what do you think virtual reality is to start off with? Okay. So, you know, as a, an end user, I suppose, or as a, as a lay person in the, in the field, I guess it's the, the integration of a headset device that basically allows you to immerse yourself into a virtual world that's been created through software um, that enables you to interact in a 3D uh, environment with, with the objects also inside. So what do you think? Um, what can you tell me more about virtual reality in your understanding? Well, virtual reality is a concept and a technology. Um, so the concept being that you can interact with something that that's not there in a in a way that you it is there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one way. Or if it's a existential idea mm-hmm. that you can somehow manifest into a way that you can you can actually interact with it. Um, mm-hmm. And when when it comes to technology, it is a basically a head-mounted display, um, which is a screen about the size of a smartphone or a wide smartphone. Yep. Um, depending on when you started using virtual reality, it has a virtual camera in a 3D environment. Well, actually, two virtual cameras that are rendering, one for your left eye and one for your right eye. Okay. And the discrepancy between what your, one of your eyes sees and what your other eye sees is what creates a three-dimensional environment. Yep. Um, which is one of the reasons why it takes such a powerful computer to run, because you're mm-hmm. rendering twice the amount of information that you would on a regular 3D game. Yeah, so in the short time that you know you've been exploring, I guess you know you've been you've gone through uses of multiple technologies, even in, in the short time that sort of we've been talking about virtual reality, um, you've showed me various different um, versions of what you're using. Um, so, I guess what can you tell me about how how the rate of the technology is is improving in a short time? Um, well, I guess like some of us that. Um we're lucky enough, or unlucky enough, if the case may be, to try virtual reality in the mid-90s. I think 95, I tried virtual reality for the first time. I mm-hmm. was very excited at school when I said, Mom, take me to this place. They're going to be showing virtual reality. Oh, yeah. It's on an amazing machine. It's almost got 10 kilobytes of memory or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's huge and, um, at the time. Yeah, and it was worth millions. <laughs> um, and uh, I waited in line for hours. Yeah. And with lots of sweaty dorks, yep. and um, that are also probably coming straight from school, mm-hmm. um, and got to try an experience for a couple of minutes, which, even though it was pretty crappy, blew my mind away. And I yep. was like, I turned my head. Um, they had two screens in front of your eyes that were like looking yep. through two twenty-cent pieces, I guess. Yep. Um, that's all they could render at the time. So you had to look directly ahead and move your head like you're a robot. Yep. Which is still one of the techniques they use today. It is, isn't um, it? Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, it was just, there was a pterodactyl attacking me because I played pterodactyl nightmare or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, and 
the fact, particularly having such a small field of view, makes something like a horror, horrifying creature trying to attack you even more horrific because you can't find it half the time. Yeah. You're like, I know it's coming, but I don't know where it's coming <laughs> it from. It just comes out of the plate. <laughs> Basically comes out of nowhere. Yeah, Probably I, sitting right next to you the whole time, but you didn't notice. Yeah, I remember but, um, playing a, a computer game in Commodore 64. It was a, like an Aliens game, and... It was so basic, but it was so intense and, and, and uh, horrifying because, yeah, you basically never knew when the alien was going to pop out from some different angle. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so it certainly has that wow factor. I mean, the first time that you showed me the, the Samsung uh, clipped in with the Oculus. Gear VR, yep. Yeah, that was, that was quite amazing. Blew my mind. It has a real sort of um, amazing, mind-blowing sort of effect. So the big wow factor when, when I put it on. You immediately understand the benefits of virtual reality and how it's going to sort of be applicable to various um, industries and uh, uses in our social life and such. So, what can, what do you think about those things? What I think about them, uh, well, obviously that we have a company based on medical technology and brain injury and how to hopefully fix people's physical and um, and mental ailments. But um, so I'm, I'm a firm believer in it. Yeah. Um, I think, I guess, there's another topic that we should bring up in a little bit, which is about pain relief. Yep. Um, and all based on the idea that if you see something, you believe it. Um, your body will release endorphins and things if it believes you're having a happy experience, and it will do the opposite if you're, it believes you're not. So that placebo effect kind of is amplified in virtual reality. Sure. Well, it just gives it easier to have a placebo, I yep. guess, in lots of ways. Like, the placebo effect is itself... An un, um, unquantitative effect, I guess, if yeah. you can think of it like that, where um, it's, but it, the, yeah, the more believable it is, the less uh, attachment you have to things like physical pain in, in this world. Um, it's quite different when you're talking about psychological issues in comparison to physical issues. It's more easy to understand that if you're having an out of body experience, you won't feel as much pain in this body. Yeah. Um, same as when you dream. Um, we know we're in a body, but we're quite happy to snap out of our body and, and go through a dream-like state on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and then it's actually not considered weird at all to do yeah. that. Like, it's quite funny in yeah, society if you said, like, I had an out-of-body psychedelic experience. <laughs> People are like, you're <laughs> absolutely like, crazy. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. You're like, no, I went to sleep, and then I had this out-of-body exactly. psychedelic experience. Yeah. And it's completely, like, normal. We all enjoy um, telling each other about dreams that we had and... Um, and how it can simulate, yeah. Like so, last night I had had a dream that my brother was really angry with me. Oh, he was. And I hope not. But, but he was basically saying how he's going to kick me out of his place where I'm where I'm living at the moment. And I woke up on the couch, sort of just you know, actually in a state of of, <laughs> of panic because I was actually thinking like, oh. and then I realised, yeah. yeah. So okay, uh, that's good. So you have a, a recent dream to example. reference. Yeah. So um, I guess. We may as well, like, if you want, we can we can go into the, the applications of, you know, for example, pain relief as a placebo effect. Because I guess one thing about virtual reality is that it does incorporate more um, sensations. So it incorporates your senses more holistically than, say, a two D rendering on a on a screen in front of you. Uh, yeah, well, to a certain degree. Um, I think just the believability is. Um, but people don't think that something's going to jump out of a, a 2D page and then interact with them or give them pain or pleasure. Yeah, you're not going to react and, and, and flinch when the when the pterodactyl comes your way sort of thing on a yeah. 2D screen. Yeah, like if you yeah. think about virtual reality now, um, 
that you know the, the famous story about when the first time they showed a train coming towards the camera and, and it was like in the western they started shooting yeah, the people, screen yeah, yeah. <laughs> people started ducking out their way and, like, and so for kids. them that was virtual reality because it was yeah. so far out of so far removed from what they could understand to yeah. be regular reality yeah, yeah. that um that yeah they they couldn't understand that there wouldn't be a train coming towards them if you see a train coming towards you That's now it. it's almost the opposite whereas no one believes anything they'll probably just get run over by a train <laughs> 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 see an actual train, they go, oh, I can do whatever I want. And like, uh, and it's like, yeah, it's true. I, fi- I finish year 12, I'll do what I want. But <laughs> I get hit by a train. But <laughs> I've got a PhD. I don't have to stop Yeah, do train. whatever I want. But I, know I, know a few, I know a few people like that, actually. <laughs> so, um, no, but we could get to the point where we push reality to the point where we don't believe reality at all anymore. Which it could be a good thing or a bad thing. I don't think... It, so necessarily one way or the other yeah on the converse of that i guess um do you think that in the future that there'll be limitations or sort of regulations surrounding virtual reality as it's it could have it could have a neg- negative effect on people's psyche right like say if you suffer from schizophrenia mm-hmm. or some kind of mental illness where or you know uh, you know Oppositional defiance order, or some kind of you know like antisocial. Yeah, oppositional re- defiance yeah. is a disorder. You Disor- say not order, <laughs> but um. Yeah, yeah. Oppositional defiance disorder. What are they just like? Fuck everyone. Fuck yeah, everyone. they just if you say you know the sky's blue, they'll go no, you're wrong. You know, okay. So everything. Like all do. my friends. Are but say <laughs> schizophrenia will be a good one. And so okay. you know, imagine someone who already has issues uh, staying in touch with reality. And, and making good decisions, I guess in a virtual rea- reality environment, they'll be even more it, that those effects of the mental illness may be amplified. So, do you think that there'll be restrictions put on virtual reality programs and software, or the, uh, the well, uses? definitely be like the same we have a Peggy system for games, mm-hmm. and so you have a Peggy rating, which is only such a new thing. Um, yep. And if you look at things like the recent Mortal Kombat where they're just completely disembodying each other in a horrifying way, you wouldn't want to do that in VR. It would be absolutely terrifying. Um, So one of the things VR has as an ability is to cure PTSD, for one. It's quite a a simple use of virtual reality to put someone into into an environment that they've already had. Um, And usually we have, like, human beings have a 3D locational memory. So yep. we, we store memories in particular places. Um, and so if you take them back to that location, you can destroy that memory and get rid of their PTSD. But you can also, with the same technology that can take it away, you can also give people PTSD. Exactly. <laughs> you could actually give people PTSD. Like I was thinking um, even other applications of it, like say for people with, um, I don't know, memory loss, or say at a crime scene where they're trying to you know, apply it to like taking a witness back there, who may um, sort of need oh, sure. help remembering, and they could create a virtual sort of crime scene and have people sort of. It depends. Everything that's made by a human is inherently flawed. If you're trying to recreate it, then you're yeah you're. Rec- if you had a biasing, if you had opinion. multiple cameras in an environment mm-hmm. that were like a CCTV, and from multiple directions, you should be able to recreate a crime scene. You're just using those two D and um, like a kind of machine learning system or whatever. Yeah. It would just be. Nothing that complicated, but it would be able to actually extrapolate it back into 3D. Okay. They'll be replaying an environment. That's not virtual reality in the sense that it'll be more like 360 video or something. Um, it could be able to take people definitely back into those environments. Um, that's the one thing I'm really interested in is like crime scene um, recreation. Like this, 
I've seen documentaries recently about JFK, and you're like they're working out exactly mathematically now what kind of gun it was, what kind of bullet it was using. They try and use different ballistics, yep. like a weird weirdest case scenario. Could it go through his shoulder, then go his through his arm, and then also shoot the guy in the front yeah, seat yeah. of the car? The magic bullet. And um, well, it turns out it probably can, according to the uh, this crappy documentary. Yeah. Watch the other. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen the same one. And I think actually, uh, what was it? The um, even the guys from MythBusters actually did. Did it? And apparently, yeah. it is actually physically possible. But that's that's an interesting. Um, Although you can't actually shoot off three rounds in like less than forty-five seconds with that crappy gun. So yeah, that's the limitation. Um, so there was another limitation brought on that. I'm going to actually segue in here because yep. I want to go through this list of stuff. Yep. But um, this is good to just get the first idea. I guess the other thing, one of the things you talked about was um, if you're schizophrenic mm. or that, and I guess. <laughs> It's a weird segue, but I'm going to talk about augmented reality. Yep. It's where you wear a transparent screen and a, a computer projects. Yep. Um, actually, I was supposed to be quizzing you, aren't I? I was just telling you the you answer. Are, you asked me, <laughs> quizzing me. Like, yeah, you're supposed to ask me, what's virtual reality? Uh, what's augmented reality? But we've What got, is augmented reality, okay. Garth? So I and guess, why does that relate to schizophrenia? <laughs> yeah. I guess what... Um, so augmented reality, I guess, is um, where it's, it's integrating our our actual physical environment more in um, adding sort of additional information um, through, a, through a sort of a, a headset that you wear in front of your eyes. Um, I guess we, we were talking over dinner about the Google Lens and this is sort of like a, a development that's... Talking about Google Glass. Google Glass, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so it's like... And the, and the HoloLens is something that has been released recently which is supposed to be promising a lot. And I guess that um, my understanding is is that augmented reality will have more practical application in regards to sort of you know um, how it applies to people's work lives, what they can do, management systems, and it will sort of um, uh, become a more practical application than virtual reality, which is more for I guess for you know experiences that are other than the norm or uh, virtual reality. But this one is actually. Integrating reality with virtual reality. That's yeah, pretty definition. much. That's yeah. a perfect. Augmented reality is real reality, if you want to call it that, if yep. you believe that we, <laughs> this is the real world. And a virtual layer of virtual items. I guess one simple way would be if you're looking, your car breaks down, you wear augmented reality and you look at your engine of your car, it'll tell you this is where the oil goes in. Yep. This is where the blah, blah, blah thing, other thing in a engine that I don't know about goes in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I would be one of the people that would need augmented reality. Yeah. The motor bit. Yeah. Um, it says, you need a new motor or some other bit that connects to that. Yeah. Um, alternator, that's a part of a car that I it know. It is, yeah. Transmission. And, um, spark plugs. Oh, there you go. Spark plug. That's a good yep. one. All those and, things. Um, it's like, this is where a spark plug is. Yeah. Because it will understand your car. It will be tracking the three-dimensional uh, three movement of the motor because mm. uh, I guess one thing when you see VR with your own eyes or a AR and you see what it looks like on a 2D screen, there's so much movement. Mm. But everything seems stationary in VR because it's it's doing the exact opposite movement yep. to what your body is. Therefore, when it moves, or your head moves, it moves the opposite direction. It keeps it stationary in your eyes. But the other person looking at it as a third person just sees it jiggling around like crazy. Yep. Um, so that's interesting. <laughs> so but, oh, augmented reality um, work... What kind of applications will it have in our immediate future, do you think? 
uh, training mainly, like uh, someone working at McDonald's or something. Like that. McDonald's. Or they'll look at the coffee machine and it'll tell them how to clean the coffee machine or how to use the coffee machine. Yeah, so um, like an instructional manual. So it could turn people like instantly. It could um, communicate information to people and make them experts in a matter of minutes or on the spot in real time. Mm. For like, say, someone who's never cleaned that coffee machine. They can mm. put on the goggles, play yeah. the demo of how to clean it, and literally yeah. be trained up by a virtual... Well, yeah, I think this analogy can work in anything. It's a car, yeah. it's a coffee machine, it's a oh, yeah, yeah. nuclear physics so, engine or something, physics engine. Yeah. Um, like, um, you look at it and it overlays information. Yeah. yeah opposite to that would be, I, I'm working behind the counter at a fast food chain. You've, already, you've made an online profile. Mm -hmm. I look at your face. Yep. My facial recognition says, this is Garth. He likes strawberry thick shakes. And like, cause, and if you have like a regular meal, you'd be surprised how many people will order that regular meal just because they love the fact that they think the other person knows about them or whatever. Okay. You know, if you go go into a coffee shop and like you had an idea about you're going to drink that day, and they're like, "You're the regular," and you're like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, I want the regular <laughs> because I'm so excited that you remember me." <laughs> Oh yeah, right, yeah. I, I actually and get so, sucked into that. There's a place opposite my work uh, on Weymouth Street, and um, it's a it's a salad place anyway. I won't name its name, but. Um, and I sort of actually go in there every day because um, they remember my name and it's that, that old customer service technique. But I, I feel like I've got this personal relationship with them. Anyway, I'm, seg I'm diver diverging a little bit. No, but it's true. Like There will be those aspects of sales that come in through augmented reality. Yeah, whether right. you are, And like we'll just having even Google Glass is enough to recognize people. I can look at you and I have terrible name memory. Memory? Yeah. Memory. <laughs> and um, if I can look at people... And just have their name and just a few little bits of information about them. Yeah. It just make my life a bazillion times easier. Because um, I'm just so used to meeting like so many different so many people. people. And yeah. I just want to, I want to be relatable. But sometimes yeah. I just can't remember what they do and yeah. what, what their name is. And there's only, there's only one of me and there's so many of the other people. So Yeah, there's only two people in the world. <laughs> you and everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> or two types actually, of people. They are, the the are not one person. The word rememory before. And um, there's actually a Robin Williams movie uh, where he plays this uh, undertaker. And everyone in the world, they have this chip in their mind. in their, Literally like a, a computer chip that records their whole life. And his job as the mortician is to basically create a video edit for their final play, you know, so that it plays out the best parts of their life. Have you seen that one? Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah. I totally want to check I'll that out. I'll look it up. And, um, it's called Rememory. Uh, no, that's what the, the actual... So instead of an obituary, you have like a Rememory or a eulogy, you have a Rememory. And this guy... Eulogy, you mean? A, 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 yeah, a gul... <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I know what a eulogy is? A eulogy. <laughs> So his job is to make up um, the Ugoogly out of all of the best parts or, you know, it's up to him and that's his responsibility is that his job is to edit the final cut to be played at the funeral for the end of your life and all the best. Anyway. That sounds great. I, I, actually, I vaguely think I might have seen that, but I'm one of the people yeah. that can forget enough about our movie yeah. that'll be at least three quarters away through watching it again going, I think I've seen this. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's one of his most powerful performances as well. I thought it was really great. And I watched it at the time when he, he passed away, so maybe it had that imprint. Anyway, so, yeah, um, augmented reality, I've also been told, can mean, obviously, things like, you know, um, like you and I, we both have the uh, Apple Watch, oh, but no, I guess... I'm um, not admitting that. It's, um, it's all... Oh, yeah. Anecdotally. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> no, I do have that. Allegedly. That's not augmented reality, is it? <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying that... You know, when we, when we receive a message from each other, we can you, you sort of feel it, the haptic pulse on your wrist. 
Uh, but this will take it sort of to an island, so you might receive an email, say you're a manager. Mm. You're a Augmented manager. doesn't have to be sight, because you, you could be blind. There'll yeah. be versions of virtual reality and augmented reality for blind people, deaf people. Yeah, yeah. Because actually augmenting their reality is much more efficient, because they, they're already missing a sense. Yeah. So actually, if they're about to walk into a wall and a buzzer went off in their hand, it'd be much more... Um, advantageous than me just getting crappy messages from my friends. Yeah, so look, what, about, what about a blind person who had, um, what was it called, like um, two-way cameras? Um, Inside-out tracking, is that what you're trying to say? Inside-out tracking. I'm asking you about that later, don't say that yet. No, no, but say say a blind person is wearing, uh, you know, like sensors, and he's walking along, I mean, because augmented reality Hiding doesn't from you necessarily mean uh, just visual, it also could be audio, so... So, you know, say they're walking along, they could get virtual, uh, guided by the augmented mm. reality that's playing sort of, you know, directions like, you know, three steps more into the... Yeah, I remember you saying that you started using the left, the two taps for left, one tap for right, a bit on your map for a while, is it? Yep. Um, um, I'm, I'm still not sure if it is actually two or three, I think it just... I, but I do know that when I'm driving, I use my watch because basically it's, it's legal, you can't look at your phone or you're not supposed to when you're driving, but with the watch and the haptic pulse, it can sort of give you instructions uh, as to when to turn left or turn right. Yeah, so that's... Yeah. And the funny thing is, like, both of us have an Apple Watch, and we don't know which one means left or which one means right. I think, <laughs> I've never bothered to use I think a glass one. just three, be but I think you told me that there's two taps or three taps. I don't know what, what it is. But like, I was just I'm assuming that they're different. Otherwise, how would you know to go left and right? No, well, you got to still go, you still have to look at the watch. That's my understanding. So it will yeah. go tap, 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 and that will indicate to you that something's about to happen, meaning either stop. Yeah, it's only turn really that advantageous right. if you're driving to like Tail and Bend because yeah, yeah. you need like it'll be like in 1.5 kilometers this is happening, whereas yeah. in the city it'd just be tapping you the whole time. <laughs> it is <laughs> pretty much. You still you still have to keep a really vigilant eye on your on your watch, and I find that that. I know that it's still legal, but it can be rather distracting as well. So it uh, could be easier, as I was yeah, touching on before, it could be easier just to turn on the voice and just have it sort of tell you when it's, you know, I'm going to turn the corner or like, you know, 500 metres, turn left hmm. kind of thing. So I think we're getting off track here. We are. Let's I wanted to ask you about something really left field I didn't give you any chance to look up because I know you would have cheated on this one. Yeah. Is, um, do you know what the Swayze effect is? The Swayze effect. It's another, um, another guessing, in, inner guessing, circle is that virtual like, reality thing. <laughs> is that some kind of a disease like where you suddenly learn how to do dirty dancing really well and every time... I wouldn't call that a disease. It would be like <laughs> advantage effect and bacterial and, and, overgrowth that makes you dirty dance. And you're always telling people to not put baby in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's not close, but wrong movie. Think of another movie that might be related to virtual um, reality. Swayze effect. Um, I'll give you a clue. So is it some I'll kind just of... tell you the answer. No, no, no. Let me guess that. <laughs> is the Swayze effect that you sort of... Um, you feel vertigo whilst in virtual reality? No, I'll give you, okay, I'll give you a musical clue because you're a musical guy. Okay. Oh, my love. I think that's the words. Something, something, and time, and time will something... Uh, uh, <laughs> right, so that's that. That's, that's uh, something, brothers. Uh, the Swayze effect, so... Oh, so there's a stretch in time. Is that what it's about? The Swayze what effect. What are you thinking about? Well, you're trying to sing the um, the the song for, that's in the movie um, where she's the clay potter. Boom! Here we go. We're so yeah. close. You're so close to okay. it. Okay. What's that movie called? Um, it's called One uh, Word. Ghost. Ghost. It's called Ghost. Okay. And so the Swayze effect. Let me guess. Is that? Uh, I don't. Know, it's not actually. It's not. 
It's, it's so, pretty close to that, but it's like... So it is about Patrick maybe Swayze. It's a reference to Patrick Swayze. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a clue. Oh, right. So he's the ghost, and um, she can almost feel him. No. Yeah, you know, you, no, you're right. You're right. You're, she can almost you, you basically feel got him. it. Like, you're not going to get it past here because it's too, okay. too okay. complex at this point. All right. It's when... Um, the Swayze effect is... Um, there's a weird kind of narration that you can only do in virtual reality. It's where that you are a passive interactive observer. Um, mm-hmm. And so if you go into a scene and they do a scene and ignore you, yep. you'll feel really left out in virtual reality, right? Oh, yeah. But if you go into a scene, the main character, but none of the other scenes, will make eye contact with you. Okay. And they'll, they won't talk to you, but they will obviously come in, stop, make eye contact with you, move on. Yep. And only the main character, because uh, it develops empathy with that character. Okay. So it's called the Swayze effect. When a character in virtual reality will come in, <clears throat> engage you, yep. then proceed to ignore you. Yep. And everyone else won't notice you're there. So only oh. that person has the connection. That's why they call it the Swayze effect. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So like the one person you can see, Patrick Swayze's ghosts, will interact with him, but everyone else will ignore. Yep. Yeah. Well, the, virtual reality is the only time of, type of storytelling that allows you to be a majorly active observer. We can actually pick up characters and throw them away. Like I was playing Rick and Morty's accounting this week, which is traumatizing. I should have given you that one as a demo before. We'll do that next week. It's very funny. But, um, yeah, you pick up characters and kill them accidentally while they're interacting with you or telling the story, and you're like, oh, God, I just, I just wanted to see what, if I could pick them up. <laughs> I didn't mean to do you that. You actually kill them, and then someone comes out and throws you in jail and all this other stuff. All right. But, um... The idea is in this, you not you know you can't interact. And often they'll do it in, like, um, Henry does it, which is this porcupine guy. That's a pre-rendered 360 cinema, so there's no way you can interact with it because it's yep. pre-rendered. Yep. Um, but it does give you the empathy because he does make eye contact with you. So that's called, it's, it's, a, um, it's a non-interactive, active, What's well, a passive interactive role, yeah. But um, and so you can't actually do it. But I think it's really important because there's so many things that passive interactivity uh, open up for people, mm-hmm. uh, like showing empathy. Or like they did a 360 video about going to a refugee camp, yeah. And um, the pe- the fact that people look at the camera, mm-hmm. you just like it's it's shocking because you, people understand. People are trying to communicate when they look at you. Um, so you're going into, say, a refugee camp where there's lots of sickness and, and um, you know, um, yeah, lots of crisis going on, injured people, maybe p- people dying, people starving. Well, and because not all that happens in the very start. You just walk in and they're yeah. just there. No, no, but, but I'm um, saying the empathy factor comes in because people will actually look you in the face and you're sort of interacting yeah. with we them. Yeah, we empathise with them because just yeah. eye contact is enough for a human to understand another human that they exist. Um, and so... Yeah, eye contact is a major communication tool for sighted humans. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, this thing is just, like, I acknowledge you is enough for most things yeah. in society. Um, and so just looking at someone is more than enough interaction for most, like, public interactions. Yeah. Um, and this is the same thing where you go, oh, my God, these people are really there, and, and this, this happens. Um, even, you know, it just makes it more real. Yeah. So it engages you emotionally, so... Yeah, I can imagine that. So the feelings that you feel, not only in regards to sort of the body movement and where you're moving in the environment, but also you would be you would have emotions that are triggered that are more realistic as well, in regards to. Yeah, 
Mm. I don't really need to go into that too much more. We understand what our emotions are. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? What, 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 you, Daisha's got this little book here, and he's got this book. I just got words he, on there. What, no, no, but what, oh, did, you, what yeah. did you say? Like, when you first pulled it, you're like, I bought this little, it says My Diary. Yeah, I bought this book for... Um, it's like that. It's, it's like got nothing a, to do with it's, this. It's like a, it is a little bit. No, but, but it was said, my diary. You wrote down all your feelings in it when you went to a meditation thing. Anyway, but now we're using it as a notebook for this, so that's good. Yeah. All right. So we've touched on um, virtual reality, augmented reality, Wait, I'm effect. doing the quizzing here. No, no, no. no I'm just book? summarizing. That's all I'm doing. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm summarizing the conversation so we can segue to the next segment, which the is the thing is inside out tracking. Lay it on us, Garth. You just researched it, and something no, important is coming up in virtual reality. I didn't actually. Um, all I know is that as far as I go. For inside out tracking uh, is that basically well I'm guessing so there's cameras on the outside of the headset so imagine you put on the virtual reality headset there's cameras on yeah, the so outside you, know, you saw that bit so yeah. that's a major clue but but the, but the inside cameras as well are tracking your eye movement so it's tracking which direction you're looking in so not not only do you have to move that's, like a, that's a damn good guess but you're wrong okay okay well what, I'll give you, the what clue is, is these things yeah. are working independently yeah um, because you're you know, 360 environment doesn't really matter what, where you're looking as such as where it's going to be tracking. They might put more emphasis on it. Um, that's the other camera's job. But anyway, um, because you're not using a foveated version of the real world because the real world does exist. All right. So um, what is inside-out tracking? Uh, well, I guess one question would be, uh, what's the main uh, external device that you see in a virtual reality environment. You've tried a couple of my different systems, Oculus and Vive, etc. Yeah. Um, what do they have externally to what you're wearing? Um, um, sometimes, like, say, the handsets. Is that what you mean? So you oh, have, like, a besides control? That, that's a, besides yeah. that. Oh, what do they have externally? So the sensors. Oh, so the, the, the limitation of virtual reality is that you need to have sensors that map out the environment and track your movement. Yeah. So, okay, so inside-out tracking means that you no longer need those sensors and that it will track your movement in an environment using the cameras. Is that right? Um, that is exactly correct. Yay! <laughs> Basically, That's pretty cool. without having to... Yeah, because your starting position is always based on where the sensors are in the room, which just can be incredibly annoying. Yep. Instead of tracking, will actually track the environment yeah. and work out how far you've moved towards something. So it basically automatically oh, cool. calibrates in any environment without having to have sensors. Which is one of the biggest limitations. Because I thought about that in the times when I've, um, say, when we went up to the cheese factory and I helped you with that setup. And you've got to set up the room and you've got to have these sensors and they're kind of clunky and they can get damaged and people could knock them over or whatever. Mm, and you've but, got to calibrate every new space that you go into. But with this, you could actually integrate an actual environment with, um, without having to do that. And I guess that has applications for augmented reality later on down the track as well oh exactly Ooh. all augmented reality has inside out tracking um uh. yeah you don't use sensors with it um and so yeah like one of the major important factors of augmented reality is the inside out tracking which is now being incorporated to all headsets yep. and particularly um mobile headsets because the idea is you can take it anywhere and it should just work straight off the bat without having to set up a computer and or sensors around you. Yep. And so um, I guess, yeah, the, the fact of the podcast would be um, there will be a new version of uh, motion, uh, positional tract, virtual reality and augmented reality that you won't have to actually set up any other stuff besides turning it on. Yeah. Um, and I guess that moves into the realms of wireless technology because one of the other limitations for most of the technology that mm. you've shown me anyway is that it requires 
you to have yeah there's nothing to wire it to at that point yeah and that way you don't need the wires so that way you can be independent you can move around in a public space you can perhaps even although some lady got arrested in france for refusing to take off a vr helmet in public (laughs) the other day i have no other information on that topic except that happened yeah i guess that i believe it It was um, on social media so it must be true I guess we fear what we don't understand, and so there's that sort of understanding. I mean, if someone, it's, it is also potentially dangerous, right? I mean, there will have to be some laws that will be. Um, uh, I think augmented reality is probably safe. If you're walking around in virtual reality um, and you're riding a bike, well, um, I don't know. You, can't see you know what I mean? Like we can't drive a car <laughs> yeah, it's and look at our actual movement. look at our phone. So what makes you think that we'd be able to drive around? We like to walk around using a, your phone with, an, with a Hololens on or an augmented reality headset on. How could be a new version of euthanasia where you just put on a virtual reality helmet and walk around until you get taken out by something. <laughs> That's it. You could, have, it could be like when you could develop an app and uh, it's sort of like a treasure hunt and, and uh, you score yeah. more points. For the, <laughs> you end um, up walking up to Mount Lofty, you know, and you. And you and well, you could jump. be, you know, <laughs> that last scene in The Mini of Life by Monty Python where those like topless girls are chasing him and he runs off a cliff and lands in a coffin. <laughs> could be you just run off a cliff, but then yeah. they have augmented naked yeah. girls chasing you. Like uh, that it would be a good a, use of the technology, I would say. It, it will give a whole new um, sense of meaning to the, yeah, to sort of like say fitness applications and stuff. You know, like I got a friend and he's a jogger and he he does this, these zombie runs and it's kind of like geocaching or or like that. Um, What's that app that I just downloaded before that everyone's playing at the moment? It's kind of like um, Ingress. Ingress, which is kind of an. What's adult... the what zombie running and blah blah blah? What's well, the other it's, it's like Ingress or it's like um, Pokemon Go, but instead he's sort of. Goes for a jog, and in the in whilst he's jogging, there's virtual sort of targets that he has to reach and collect. So What's it called? Like, zombie running. Zombie run or something like that. So it's like a it's it's you don't wear glasses, but you just use your mobile phone. And you have oh, to like run. like a Pokemon Go. It GPS tracks. So the more he basically is running away from zombies, you know, and they're chasing. Is him. it augmented or, or is it GPS tracked? That's not it's necessarily GPS tracked. The same. It's not augmented, but I'm just saying that potentially in the future, like when augmented reality. Can have that application where someone could go for a idea. Job, you know, yeah, to keep you keep you motivated, keep you motivated. You know, you're running. Zombies away from coming, mo- and then what they just like dots know? on a map behind you going. Rrr. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> it's a, and it's also a bit hard. You jogging and looking at your phone. And it's What's the geo beautiful. thing you just said? Geocaching. Haven't you heard of geo- geocaching? Go and tell me about geocaching. Is it like a, like geofencing? Geocaching is. Um, it's it's been around for a while. You should actually look it up. I mean, and and I, and I actually did this for a I'll little do it bit. Later. This is before before <laughs> well, GPS tracking was um, well before we had GPS on our mobile phones. Um, there was this game that was created, and it's sort of like orienteering mixed with GPSs. And so, there are multiple geocache locations around Adelaide, and I found a few of them. And basically, people will basically stash a little cache, which is a uh, you know like a box or it could be a lunchbox, and inside the cache. Uh, is an item or various items, and basically you can write a message in there. You can record what time. Sounds incredibly going. dangerous. Um, People well, can like put like a an angry tarantula in there, or <laughs> some kind of like I don't know herpes or something like. No, nah, most of the things that I found actually were really lame. Like there might be like some coloured pencils. Um, some people would li- like leave a CD in there. I mean, I've heard of really elaborate ones where people would say leave a an old Walkman in there, and you know, like you go there. These like, are thirteen reasons why. You're, and you're 11 of them. <laughs> it could be a really yeah, good way. But it was, it's sort of like the full Pokemon game. Uh, geocaching's been around for a while, but it's a mixture of orienteering. A friend of mine actually has, um, the other weekend, he went on this. Uh, it's not uh, orienteering, but it's, and it's not geocaching, but it's geo, 
Oh, gee, I can't remember what it is. Gee, I'm Gio, having a good time. I can't remember what it is. Okay. But um, it's, a, it's a combination of that, but that one there was, um, it's it's uh, more like where you had to reach targets, but it didn't include GPS. I can say right? augmented reality and geocaching <clears throat> obviously will go hand in hand. Absolutely. Yeah. Except there'll be virtual caches. That's all there is. Oh, well, like, you can still have a prize in it. But, yeah. you, but actually, from the outside, let's just say you have a tree. Yep. When you look at that tree, it might glow blue or something. Yeah, yeah. Because it could have a massive um, force field around it. For yeah, example, yeah. if you walk through the force field, you technically you get um, some negative point thing or whatever. Like that. So you actually get to the prize, but there's actually <coughs> supposedly a way to get to it um, to fulfill these particular goals. Yeah. Um, like, let's just say you went to four geofence location so actually went to four different locations around the city and by the time you got to the fifth one which has your cache inside it yep. then that would unlock and technically according to the environment um, like the virtual environment you would be able to uh, legally access that according to the, yep. the rules of the game yeah yeah you could still go in there and steal it without doing that but that would be breaking the game and um, yeah, lots of people I never thought about that application but yeah it would um, yeah so it would be just a visual indicator to whether <coughs> that's been unlocked or whatever do you think there'll be uh, like a, an amalgamation, or you know, where they combine augmented reality uh, lenses? So, say you have like the the HoloLens or the Oculus, but mm. say imagine imagine like a an Oculus, uh, like a or a HoloLens, which is an augmented reality mm. glasses I think headset. <laughs> yeah, sorry, <laughs> and then and then say you know you turn on a setting and it sort of like changes the way that the lens is functioning and actually turns into a virtual reality. And then virtual reality is just augmented reality that takes up your full field of view. Exactly. So there will be no virtual reality. That's what I mean. So there'll be a change of like you know how much of your visual. Space Unfortunately, with augmented up. reality currently, it <clears> isn't <throat> opaque. So that's the main difference. If you although lenses, when Apple Apple AR lenses. comes out mm. because it's running through a screen with a um, it's a one to one proximity camera, which means if you if you look through the camera, it will sh show the world at one to one proximity. Yep. So as if it's like a transparent piece of glass but that's the idea right yeah um that because it's a screen actually showing the world it'd be uh, very easy to put 100 percent opaque images on it so that would be the augmented reality that i want to use the holographic version of augmented reality i'm not a major fan of um yep. it needs has a long way to go something like magic leap which hasn't been released yet which we'll talk about on future episodes yep is um they use actually a projector that um, project straight into your retina, supposedly. Yeah. Right. So only Obama and Kenny G and a few other famous people. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like Obama and Kenny G. I mean, how did he get in there? Uh, Kenny G. What, what's anyone showing Kenny G stuff? Well, for? you know, only the really famous people in society um, <laughs> um, have had the opportunity to try the mythical magic leap. Yeah. And um, okay, so magic leap. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that at some other point. Oh, it Magic Leap is I, I, it's all I want to talk about. All right. Except I just don't know anything about it because no one does. <laughs> um, except Kenny G, obviously. It's the secret. Yeah, yeah, Kenny G knows. And, um, yeah. and, um, I think we were listening to Kenny G before in the restaurant. Where we were. Oh, okay. Well, okay, that's good. Um, I forget the next bit of that. I'm going to jump to the next yeah, last... The, well, actually, these, segue. These, um, we've already done four out of five words. <laughs> we're already like about 40 minutes into it. Yeah. And um, so we should probably try and wriggle it along. But um, we'll go through a couple of, um, uh, one more, and then we'll go into a few articles and then we'll call it a day. Okay. Um, I'm in no rush. Um, um, the last one is agency. Agency. Go. Uh, so what is agency? Um, I guess, well, the, the meaning of the word agency means that you have the ability 
to so when someone has agency it means that they have the ability to act independently and make other things happen I don't know yeah that's pretty that's a, almost a perfect um, you have yeah you have um, you can do autonomous actions that will change the future path of your like interactive environment yep. um, one of those things being um, the most simple one is like a choose your own adventure book Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. Do you I used to love eat them. the slug oh, or stick your finger up your nose? Like, turn to page 75 and you used to stick five fingers in it so you could reverse them. Because <laughs> you don't want to read them all again. Um, so basically, yeah, in, like uh, agency is being able to change the, your future path. Yep. Um, and so you have agency in the environment. Um, and so something just happened. i got to get out of here. i got to do this. Um, you have agency to actually either make the right decision or the wrong decision, yep. depending on what options are available to you. Yep. Um, I guess one interesting example of agency is in the very early stages of VR, I was listening to these guys trying to make uh, an app. They're trying to make you kill someone. And um, and they were like, funny, absolutely impossible, because virtually is such a realistic thing that cause in a game, people go around killing each pe- people all the time. Yeah. And people are starting to do it in VR too, because that's the kind of society we live in. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And like, they usually get away with it by making them zombies or liberal brothers or something. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and, um, but, like, this, they couldn't get someone to, they wanted to make a murder mystery, but they couldn't get someone to kill the person. So they had to start the story just, you wake up. In the game, and you just killed them. Like Resident Evil was kind of one of those things. Well, you yeah. just you you're actually standing over the body, and then it's your job because people will will fix their mistakes. Yeah. But they refuse to make them. <laughs> so okay. they will they will do anything to get out of that environment. Yeah. So right. it was just interesting talking to these guys, and they were like, "We tried everything to make people because it would be such an important part of the storyline to get the person to kill this person." Yeah. Right. But they're like, "Oh, you'd only kill something <laughs> like someone to save someone else or do something like that." Yeah. If you put someone in a moral dilemma, and that, that's what I mean. I mean, that's where it has that virtual reality and augmented reality has the has a dangerous side, I suppose. That um, I was trying to touch on before, where. You know, I mean, how comfortable... I mean, obviously, we've all played computer games and we're all very comfortable with killing you know, the bad guys and such, but what if you were put in a virtual reality environment where you had to physically act out those sensations and how much, you know, how much of an emotional... It'd be a hell of a workout. Probably awesome. Like, <laughs> zombies chasing you. But yeah. if in augmented chasing, reality... But to, like, say, stab someone. And then roll you to, for your to, Nikes. To, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> to, to actually commit a, an act of violence or something like that could have... A, really detrimental effects and uh, I think if you're going to like kill someone you probably will anyway and so maybe this will hasten the process but I, I find it hard to believe like yeah but you know same as like when they say people take drugs and they start going around killing people no they're going to kill people anyway they was yeah. just this just sped up the process like they say what drugs are personality enhances it's, it's your own fault if you're an asshole <laughs> 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 same with virtual reality <laughs> like um, I suppose so yeah I guess so and there is always that um like you say, you know, like instead of killing uh, innocent people, the, the choices that you always get to choose, like say the Nazis or the zombies or yeah. the, the liberal voters or whatever it is. So, so there'll probably be those restrictions on it anyway. So, sorry, we've gone off track. Yeah, we're off, off track here. No, um, we did agency, five. Then agency. We, you have agency. Yeah, we, yeah. It goes to show that we have agency because we can go completely off topic without yeah. being electrocuted or vaporized yeah. by the overlords that look down on us of our podcast yeah. gods, which are no one currently. Do you think, do you think there'll be moderating the use of virtual reality. So oh, hell yeah. We're going to talk about... Um, That's why I started the Adelaide VR Meetup, because I was afraid that mm-hmm. they were going to take virtual reality away from us. I was like, if I tell enough people about virtual reality, they won't be able to steal it from us. Because yeah. I feel like it's one of those things that 
Well, you know, like psychedelics are now illegal um, because they don't like free thinking. Um, and so virtual reality is on that same trajectory and they may try and restrict virtual reality because it, it, it's one of those tools that starts people free thinking. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I assume at some point they're going to try and steal this technology away from us. So one of my jobs when I first heard about it was to try and tell as many people and give as many people a chance to try it because I was afraid. Now it actually has enough saturation. Like if, if, that seems like it's silly now, but in the beginning I was just like, if people don't um, get a chance to try this, and yeah. I was like, particularly people with like young kids and stuff like that, yeah. I was just like, yeah. they, if they don't understand what the future of their ch children's learning is going to be, they won't fight for it. Yeah. Because it was like, actually, that your children deserve the right to virtual reality. Um, that was my, my take on it. And so I was like, if you don't understand what virtual reality is, you, you're not looking forward enough ahead and you should be thinking about, yeah, the ways, you know, everyone's talking about don't give your kid an iPad until blah, blah, blah age. Yeah. Yep. It's not, that's, I don't think that's right. I think you should give your kids, but you're also not going to be an idiot about it and just shove their face in it 24 hours a day. Well, I um, guess there's that, um, you know, as is all the, the discussion about, say, things like that, like what age do you give your child a, an iPhone or an iPad to use? Because it does, um, there are effects that, you know, are, are becoming more and more um, important to think about and more and more um, damaging to society in regards to the effects of... Of the incorporation of technology in our lives and, and, you know, our abilities to relate to each other as human, you know, like uh, people, uh, a lot of, they say a lot of young people are losing the soft skills of how to interact with people, the art of conversation, the art of listening, uh, you know, the art of like being able to read body language and such. And I guess in a way, virtual reality and augmented reality could even either enhance or decrease. Well, for body language, definitely VR is, because what's the, what they're working on is... They started off, you had no facial expression, no body movement, you were just this floating avatar, and now facial sure. expression's coming in, um, which is the first stage, and then you can actually see body... Um, yeah, body language will become an important part of it. You can see hands. So hands and eyes and facial expressions are the most expressive. Yep. So even a stick body with floating hands and a face um, with the expression is enough to convey most of... Yep. I would say 80% of... So that could have use, like, say, with people, uh, say, autistic children, it can be, like, facial recognition. Because you know what they do now is they just, like, they'll mm. show different various facial expressions and, and get see if the child sure. can name it. But you could Maybe the have... kids are actually doing micro-expressions that we can't pick up, but a computer can. Yeah. So we might be able to actually change the calibration on a facial expression, um, like the sensitivity, so actually they can interact properly in virtual reality. You're right. Um, so their face might be just doing this millimetre movement that the human eye can't pick up because we're used to over-gesturing. Um, but then they might be interacting in the way that they know. So the compu like if you could calibrate it for them, they could actually just communicate in a regular fashion in virtual reality. Yeah, like a, a, a body language translator interface kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just... It would calibrate to your particular body language if it like could understand your moods and could also understand the corresponding body language based on like a kind of machine learning system which mm -hmm. references a what's believed to be the understandable um, norms for body language and actually cross-reference them and actually attach that meaning to your your particular yeah. uh, body language and it goes I think this particular person's um, movement is relation has a relationship to this one. Because um, it'll basically map them all out and go, if you're missing some, it'll actually it'll start to refine its, uh, its search 
to okay, this person doesn't move their their face hardly at all. Yep. This is this is how you've been Botox, for example. Here's a really good thing from this week's uh, mysterious universe that I heard. Yep. If you get Botox, you yep. can't empathize yeah. <laughs> because actually your um, your actual eyebrows moving and your face moving is really central to being able to. If you can't show actually frown, you can't feel the emotion of um, empathy. Yeah. Um, so one thing they've learned that actually people that have had Botox for a long period, so it's actually the reverse um, of the same thing, which is if you can't make the facial expression, Yeah. Um, and my housemate, she used to actually sticky tape her forehead when she was at home, because uh, it supposedly makes you more relaxed. If you can't furrow your brow, you don't release the, um, I, you, like the, the I, kind of... Um, I do that at work, you know, like I... So I'll, no, no, no. <laughs> sticky, sticky tape my forehead. forehead. <laughs> No wonder you've on your yeah. fifth job this year. But, um. <laughs> no, but like the whole, you know how they say if, if you're feeling like if you want to release more endorphins and, and uh, serotonin and stuff, the old say you get a pencil, you put it in your mouth and it, it forces you to smile. Yeah. But I do that as well. So I intentionally make myself smile and therefore yeah. I... It your body doesn't know mood. the difference between a fake and a real smile. Yeah. Like it's actually, it's, it force feedbacks the other way. One part of your brain tells your face to smile, that sends a signal back to the other part of your brain to yeah. release endorphins. So if you actually just smile fakely, yeah. you still release you endorphins. You end up Because uh, well. the other part of your brain only understands the mechanical aspect of smiling. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the opposite to that is you can't actually feel those emotions without those facial expressions, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Which is why we, people that do a lot of Botox have resting bitch face and are bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Resting bitch face. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that was on. That was number six. Resting bitch face. No, so that's no. mysterious universe. And that was an article that they were talking about on the podcast this week. And I thought that's really interesting yeah. because it's, they have the placebo and nocebo effect. But like, it's so interesting that if you can't make a facial expression, you can't feel that emotion that goes with that facial expression. That's right. Because you think it would be emotion feeding into that part of the brain that's sending a signal to that face to your face to furrow, but it's not. It's one part of your brain sending that signal into that part of your face, which is then sending that signal back to another part of your brain, which is no longer receiving that signal because the facial expression is the key to unlock that emotion. Yeah. Yeah, interestingly enough, so I guess, um, so how would that be applicable, say, in a virtual reality environment, say, for well, the same thing about if you have autism or whatever, if you have Botox face or resting bitch face, yeah. then um, you could actually, it would understand the micro movements of your face and translate that back into normal. So why you went, let's just say you had facial reconstruction surgery, you were in a bad car accident, and so it wasn't your fault, like Botoxing, which is your fault. Um, yeah. And then um, you would still be able to um, express normally in virtual reality because it would know what your expressions look like on your now sure. mangled face. Yeah. Um, and so... Um, so you, you may not get proper reactions from people when you go out in public because your face might be terrifying to them. Well, that's right. But then you go back into virtual reality okay. and your avatar would still understand your real natural expressions through your new face and translate it into translate. A, in a way that other people can understand. It's the same yeah. way that autistic child would express themselves by using micro expressions. Yep. Yeah, and I guess I was thinking one thing that comes to mind is that um, emotional, you know, the mood that you're experiencing at that time can also be conveyed in other through other um, senses. So it could be like a representation of color, or um, like synesthesia. Know, yeah, like synesthesia. So you could be looking at someone's face, but there could be additional uh, information. Sure. Provided. Actually, your old style virtual reality did have that kind of thing built in. Yeah. Where they would like, yeah, change the skin color and yeah, stuff like, like that. He's angry. He's red. Yeah, they turn you know, red and stuff like he's that. He's peaceful. He's green. Because and, and they couldn't have. Um, mm -hmm. 
the facial movement because it's too much. It's yeah, too so they'll change your avatar into red. Or yeah. you have like an icon next to you that's like angry. That glowing. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the crappiest version when you have like a, a completely expressionless face with an icon with a flame next to it or something. Yeah. Or the devil. And um, that's always a good one. And he's like, this guy either really likes me or really hates me. <laughs> or girl. And it's usually a dude dressed up like a girl. But... Um, <laughs> And, and of course, it, it provides all that. Yeah, the the possibilities of yeah creating your own avatar and your own personality and, and such. That's quite interesting. All right, and we're going to segue a little bit here. Yeah. Oh, actually, you did Facebook VR before. Yeah, that Facebook was an important. Do we talk about that? We haven't no, talked we about that. And that was one of the major things that. Well, that's one of the things that I got to try out for the first time tonight. And I must admit, when I first saw, so Daesh posted on Facebook in his feed the other day said, you know, here I am in virtual mm. reality. Which is basically like Facebook masturbation, to talk about Facebook VR on Facebook. Yeah, I know, it's pleasuring, pleasuring the Facebook machine. And, um, <laughs> and, and uh, when I sort of read that post, it sort of said, Here's, you know, like, here, here I am, Dave said, here I am in my, um, you know, in Facebook virtual reality. Um, that was many, a Bill Gates house, by the way. Not many people That was here. an important yeah. fact for me. Why Bill does. Gates? Yeah, but I suppose he's, he's the big guy driving it all. But um, you said not many people in here. No, he, he's like, he a few Microsoft. years. So and, unrelated. I know. But um, I thought to myself, like Dave saying, oh, there's not many people in here. Give it a few years. I thought, oh, I don't know if that'll really take off. If you could just go through first what you did, just like um, the interactions you did, and then go through how you felt about it and what you think it might, the value of it might be. Yeah, so I guess, you know, you, you put the headset on and the, the thing that first really um, blew me away was the, the handset. So you have two hand controllers, left and right, and you sort of slip them on. Almost It almost feels like putting on a glove. But it allows you to grip things, and you can actually see your hands and uh, fingers moving in a virtual environment. And uh, you know, I found myself. That's in basically all virtual reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not specific to Facebook hands VR. In, in a you virtual could use your hands in a virtual yeah. environment. Um, I guess there'll be other adaptations of controllers. <laughs> I don't want to be too specific because otherwise it'll get a bit boring. But so I'm putting an environment where it's a campsite, and in the centre is a round table. On the table is um, a control pad. So from that, you can imagine a very simple control pad where you have sort of, uh, it's four buttons at a time, basically. So you can access your Facebook account. So the first thing I noticed is that I could bring up uh, all of your photo albums, right? Mm. Actually, it's quite amazing to, to see someone using your Facebook because I'm like, oh, don't touch that. I oh, don't touch that. Yeah, I, felt, I, I was kind of like, where's the secret folder? You know, when you know when someone gives you their hard drive and, and yeah, you, and you plug it in and you I guess the thing about you, Facebook is fairly personal, uh, not personal, it's fairly public. And so I knew there was nothing hidden in there that you're going no, to find. Like no. if it was what was going through my hard drive, I'd probably like, yeah, don't go there. But, but I um, did receive an, a message. You got uh, messages. And it was similar to like a... It was a natural movement. It was almost like I was just looking at my Apple Watch and I just received a message. And, and you're just giving is. someone the thumbs up, which is my least favorite interaction on Facebook. Did I? Like, were you just going like, 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 like? No, I didn't, I didn't and, actually um, reply. But, um, and um, what, I'm not sure if that worked or not. Like, uh, that was, but that was, there's like like or call. Yeah, yeah. And um, which is, That's right. I just want to, like, if you're in VR <laughs> and the only thing you can do is give someone a thumbs up, it's like, there should be a button to say, yeah. uh, I can't talk, I'm in VR. Although it's stupid if you can't talk and you're on Facebook. <laughs> so I wonder if socially phobic people, like, say, people, um, like, say, the millennial kids and the shoegazers and stuff, I wonder if they'd go into virtual environments and still continue their same antisocial behaviors that they have in, in reality. Like, I've got Facebook. 
but they don't ever talk I to I guess anyone. one of the important things you know I mean? missing here is the feed. So you can't interact with other people's news. Yeah. And that's when people get start to emote in their negative or positive ways. Um, they're like, I really believe in this or I really don't believe in this. Um, and I, like, some people only interact with positive things, which me, I just ignore the things I don't like. I don't bother to tell people I don't like them. I don't, I don't care that much about the universe to tell There's, anyone else. Yeah, there is no don't like. So I wonder, like, through virtual reality, you will actually be able to... No, you would your facial expression is enough. You express negative emotions. And uh, or, or you can you can thumbs up and thumbs down, like and you can actually yeah. you can actually use your hand and thumbs up because it tracks your hand, and you can actually thumb something down and it says you're not interested. Yeah. Um, so I've had a few interactions on a kind of a deeper level in Facebook that I got to spend a bit more time with it the other day, um, but yeah, like um, but there is that thing about. Like, yeah, it only occurred to me when messages started coming in that, God, this is my personal account. Yeah. Like, uh, you're actually so being me now. So everything you do I know, I could, affects I could, me. I could actually, <laughs> uh, yeah, like, jump. if someone could hack into your account, you could really have a lot, um, you could have... A, a, yeah, but it's the same as any other Facebook. I don't find that any yeah, more dangerous true. in could, virtual reality. Yeah, it's true. You could do that. You could just log into someone else. Anyone using your same. Facebook account yeah. is... But I just thought, oh, it's VR, don't worry. Like, and the fact that it's not very interactive now made me happier for you to use it. Yeah, because you weren't so worried about your privacy. You can only look breach. at my pictures. You can't yeah. do much else with it right now. I tried to do everything the other day. You can't. I tried to share on my page. You can't yeah. do that. Okay. Um, there is the the table is actually what you share with, but it's inter not. Um, it hasn't been implemented yet. So, so the, getting back to the table, I guess the most impressive thing that I found, of course, is that um, you can choose what environment you find yourself in. So. You could change that to uh, you know a mosaic Moorish uh, cathedral, or you could change it into a, a campsite, or you could change it into you know you're out in the middle of a tropical island or something like that. Mm. And I guess it's in that space that how does it work? Do you invite people to come and join you in your virtual reality space, no or do you go to public spaces? Or? Right, I got I managed to get I caught a couple of people the other day, and I managed to get Josh in with me. He appeared what looked like an iPad because he was using his phone yeah. and his. Like he was actually, like a big version of his phone was floating next to me. I could actually attach it to my shoulder, so as I walked around, it, he would stick with me because I got sick of carrying him around. I was oh, trying yeah. to like do fun stuff like juggle, and I was like show mm -hmm. him, but he, I was actually holding him the whole time. And I was like, you just I put him down on the table, or you can hover him in the air. There's no gravity in there. Yeah. Um, but then I realised yeah, I can actually attach him to like I can actually put him on his head like a GoPro camera, and I yeah. can do stuff, and he gets to see yeah, it. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so you could you could have people. I went on a roller coaster, and he was actually attached to my head. Yeah. And um, but then I. I turned around so he could look at my facial expression while I went on a roller coaster, and then I kind of did the opposite where I leaned around and looked at him, and I put him in the seat. It was like me having my like no no friends taking my iPad for an outing. <laughs> well, I guess it sort of like provides that that crossover, that final link between you know social media and actually feeling like you're being social. So I could see how it worked, although in the room that I was in, there was actually no one else there, but I could understand immediately how. It could result in lots of different um, ways in which you could share with people in new environments. And mm. I did do a little bit of research. On oh, when you saw that video before, you could really see the their interaction, how they were chatting to each other. Yeah. Don't watch the video now because so, it's going to be boring for no, the No, I'm not going to watch the, the video, but I'm just going to read out. So Mark Zuckerberg, he posted, you know, he says, the, the idea of virtual reality puts people's first... Um, 
once you're in there, you can do anything you want together. Travel to Mars, play games, fight with swords, uh, watch movies, or teleport home. Say swords. I did say swords. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Bailey's kick. That's Bailey's kick. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. He doesn't know how to swords. type swords. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, enunciated the W. The W. Um, yeah, um, so, yeah, you can teleport home, watch your family. And um, I guess it creates that crossover or the environment where you can experience anything together with other people, mm. um, which adds that social element that we sort of have through social media, but really it's limited to language. So this is incorporating mm. the with, body. With our, with our rehab system, we're talking about social VR as a healing tool to bring people in the same rehab group into a VR mm. exercise together. But I've also done this as playing... Uh, virtual mini golf with a bunch of other people around Australia from different parts. We were just beamed into the same environment. And the other thing is we're working on that sailing game at the moment where four players can beam in from around the world and actually be on a boat and sail that together. Mm. Um, and so just the, I guess there's a whole bunch of things to think about when you're creating these new environments, like where do people wait? And uh, yep. like in the sailing one, we're talking about make, making a virtual bar so they can sit in the bar while the other guy has come, so they've got something to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise, you're just sitting there floating around. Um, and so the, I guess the things about virtual reality is the, the um, possibilities are limitless. So you can do anything. You could be in an ethereal state while you're waiting, and then go into a real state. But it's better to be actually in a bar next to the boat and then get on the boat together. Yeah, to try and simulate, you know, a real experience. A, a, that you would experience, you know, obviously in reality. So, yeah, that makes sense. So Facebook is not that far ahead as far as those technologies go. It's just, like, it's a slideshow and all this stuff that you could do, like, look at my life. Mm. Here's all my stuff. Here's all my photos. You could come to my house and I'll show you all my photos. Like yep. a 1960s slideshow party. Yeah. Um, that's one thing you can do in Facebook. Because people go, like, Facebook is LinkedIn for your life. Like, uh, they're like... People are qu pretty quick to make friends on Facebook these days, yep. but they're like, they're trying to show people about them. They're like, I think I'm good. Yeah. Well, you look at all these things about me yeah. because then you're going to like me. Yeah. And uh, well, that's the idea. And is it, there is a bit of a, <laughs> the, the, that's the idea, but there is a bit of a disconnect. So there is that sort of, um, and I guess maybe Facebook virtual reality will also bridge that gap where, um, you know how everyone on social media presents their ideal self or the, the best possible version mm. of themselves yeah. you know, look at me here's this you know and it's all edited and it's all superficial um well not all superficial but a lot of I it is. is everyone else's <laughs> is all, it's all real mine's everything. all real everyone yeah, else is superficial. he's just having fun 100 percent of the time doing amazing things non-stop but um i guess the virtual reality environment will also sort of it'll be hard for people to edit themselves in that environment you know like they will that's have just to, live that's a live person it's a yeah it's a live person they'll have okay. to actually it's talk. very hard unless they went to acting school and pretended to be someone else well that's <laughs> it they can put an avatar on but i guess and they can disguise their voice and i'm sure there's going to be lots of different applications for it and such i mean i was in old space the other day which is real interactive virtual reality like much more interactive than facebook vr and there's actually people in there yeah. um and you just go and be yourself you don't well, you can have it. You have an avatar like mine is a weird robot-looking android thing. Yeah. Because they don't have, uh, and it's got hands behind its back plus the hands that you use, which is really weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> people are always like the first thing. It's a very it's a conversation starter. They're like, why do you have two sets of arms? But uh, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> maybe you unlock them later on, and they. But it's actually a funny thing. Like same with Second Life, it was like you're wearing a pink hat, mm -hmm. or like uh, I remember talking to this dating guru in Japan once, and he was like. 
and I and I was just like in in five words or less, tell me the secret of picking up Japanese girls. And he was like, say anything. He said one of the, my one of my favorite favorite lines is, "You're wearing a brown sweater." And it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's true or, or anything. Well, you I had a shower something. today. You know, and, um, yeah. tell me about yourself. Um, yeah, I was wearing an onion in my belt, which was a style at the time. <laughs> no, it was like uh, if you see someone and you, they have a pink hat on, yep. you can say a nice pink hat. Yes. It's a conversation starter it is, because yeah. you see them and you interact on it. So the same as in any it's interactive media. It's always to, good to compliment someone to gain their trust and um, you know to, as a conversation starter to build trust and also show that you're interested. Yeah, for sure. So it's sort of, um, you know, whereas now it feels like to me, um, sometimes, you know, I have to, or I find myself editing myself more and more and actually commenting less on on things that I see in the Facebook environment um, for fear of being sort of like judged for what you might comment, which, which can be misconstrued and misinterpreted in all kinds of ways. So say you see a picture of, um, mm. you know, I might see a picture of Daesh and say, Hey, nice picture, you know. Um, I'll be like, you bastard. How dare you yeah, yeah, how dare you say that? You're being, you're being sarcastic again. Yeah. Or you might think, oh, oh, what does he mean by that? So there's all this misinterpretation. Yeah, it's true. It's so hard to decipher that. Yeah. But um, but I know what you mean. Like, compared yeah. to old space, like Facebook, yeah, because it has a facial expression and the physical movement expression, if you can get it in the vibe and other systems using an IK system, which yeah. will, actually IK will be your next week's topic. You can research that. But um, the funny th- thing is when I go up to people in alt space, which is already a functioning worldwide environment, they don't look like them, whereas yeah. Facebook automatically chooses your avatar and says so you're allowed to change it to whatever you want. Yeah, but it sure. goes, it actually just, if you have five photos, you pick the one you like, it makes an avatar off the bat. So yeah, uh, expand, expand on that, I guess. Um, so When I first made my character, um, you missed that because I did that previously when I first used Facebook VR, yep. is... Um, you have um, it chooses five pictures of you that it thinks are good, yeah, sure. like uh, which is already a ma- massive or like a really in- intelligent version of machine learning. It's yep. already chosen what it believes to be five good pictures of you, okay. and if you touch one of those five pictures, it gives you five options that that picture could look like because it's not one hundred percent sure. Yeah, and it goes. It has the most obvious one in the middle, which is pre-selected, and you yep. have the two other ones on either side, and you can touch them. And as mm-hmm. you're standing there, you can touch different pictures, and your whole body, face, etc., change. Um, and it tries to mimic that another aspect of that picture. And if you want to do a completely different one, you touch the other picture, that shows you the most obvious version of that one, and you can choose the options. But I like I loved my guy from the very beginning, and yeah. I like I like machine learning, so I was like, I want. To give Facebook the chance to choose my character. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually thinking of changing my facial hair to to suit my Facebook character. Yeah, so you're going to change... Because it was a little bit off. The moustache doesn't touch the edge. And it was only because I didn't shave in that picture. Like, I don't usually have that full beard. But I'm going to grow a beard now because I want to look like my Facebook character. You want to look more like your Facebook character. I'm throwing out all my clothes. I'm only going to wear black t-shirts from now on, too. Because that looks... looks, That my guy looks amazing. Normcore, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, he's got the moustache that doesn't quite attach to the beard and a black t-shirt. He's a good-looking guy. He's a good-looking guy. And, um... And so that's why I didn't want like to let you mess around with him because I don't want to get that guy. You get a bad reputation. You got to change your Facebook avatar, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And, um, same guy. like. Oh my god! There if I go again. to meetings and even my crappy alt space avatar, uh, I made him or whatever it is. I think it's a girl or oh, it's a robot. But um, it's um, you can choose the color. And as you talk, some of them have animated mouths. So when you talk, um, their mouth animates so you can see that they're talking. Yeah. Mine actually changes colour, and mine goes um, like a hot pink. Oh, okay. But now actually people recognise me, 
in alt space. So right. if I change my avatar now, yeah, it would be confusing. If I went to a meeting uh, in alt space, like cause that's my character now. But yeah. like I'm the I'm the robot with the arms behind its back and in front of it for some reason. <laughs> um, that goes pink when it talks. Yeah, yeah. And um, obviously I have my name above my head. Um, like people can scan you in um, in alt space, so they just point the thing at you and it tells you all the, your details. Sure. Um, and so they can see if it's me. But I want people to recognize me from a distance, which okay. is important. So back to Facebook VR, what do you think are the most exciting things that you're going to see immediate applications for Facebook VR? Um, possibly like using live streaming 360 video, which would be uh, like an attachment to your iPhone or if you use a, mm -hmm. another company's phone and living a sad life. Um, <laughs> and then you'd be able to actually put the camera down and technically uh, like capture an area and then actually relive that going to that space yeah. with someone later on like it'd be kind of weird because you, you'd have to actually capture it without you otherwise it'd be two versions of you sure. like your actual self yeah um actually i didn't think about this this really well i'm thinking now because now how would you have your viago with you um well i you couldn't do it live you'd have to do it around that time yeah around that or time. maybe just take someone back to a memory like say a wedding you know you could capture the whole room and, yeah and you could relive that environment i would kind of feel like you can invite we're, people we're crossing to wedding. the space-time continuum by actually yeah. being there and also having your facebook avatar there yeah yeah and, and then also like incorporate agency yeah. into it you know like i'm the kind of person that would purposely press record on my camera and run away because i want to live it in my vr character not with my regular person <laughs> <laughs> Because so I don't want to ruin the experience of seeing myself. You'll be re represented <laughs> in reality by um, by a camera, or a 360 degree camera. Yeah, I'll just go like to that. someone's wedding, put my camera down and fuck off. But um, Because <laughs> I, I want to do it later yeah. on Facebook VR. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Relive it over and over again and have different choices. So choose your own adventure. Um, yeah, and I guess that ties into uh, what we touched on at, uh, a while ago when we first sort of like explored a venture, a business venture of um, using 360-degree camera technology to um, replicate a live environment. So, for instance, you know, say... It wasn't replicating it. That was recording it. Recording it. Yeah. Re recording <laughs> it. And then uh, it would have that ability, say, in, in, a, in a Facebook virtual reality meetup space. You could go to a virtual reality gig um, that is an actual gig that's been pre-recorded and you could relive that experience mm. and share or, or that live. with other people. Or even live. Live was the, I think, the most important aspect that we were trying to work on, but yeah. the Australian internet couldn't stream that high, such high resolution uh, reliably at the time. It's getting there. It's but getting I, there. Getting there-ish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the idea that you could relive or live um, and just go to an event for a minute without yeah. the pressure of getting there and drinking and socializing. You could just enjoy the music separately. Yeah, that's it. You could mm -hmm. have your own private experience and be mm -hmm. that observer, passive observer in an environment. Um, yeah, so it had lots of applications that way, so that's interesting. Yeah, but it's not like taking away from any of those experiences because you can still do that. So I guess when people go, oh, if people go to gigs, and you know, the idea of not interacting. Yeah. It's like, no, you go to gigs and you interact sometimes. Sometimes you don't sometimes want to. You don't, yes. Otherwise, you stay at home and watch Netflix. Now you can still go to the gig, but you don't have all those social pressures of doing yeah. everything else. Yeah. I think that's important. All right. Um, um, I think so we're, like, we're push, pushing the um, hour and a bit time. We are, definitely. We were going to talk about... Um, gaming Spotify, but I think we're going to have to wrap it up for this session, I would say. All right. Um, and um, 
we're going to go through a similar um, system next week where I'm going to actually find some terms and eventually it's going to be harder and harder for me to find terms that you don't know about but I'm going to try and get you um, and uh, it'll just be a learning experience for everyone I'll look for the I think the, the terminology that is being used most in the virtual reality world because I get to hear new things all the time as we discover different interaction methods sure um, and um, we might go through some more technology, just a simple technology rollout next time. But um, yep. we'll just take it as it comes. So I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to us. Um, uh, I don't know much more to say, except, yeah, thanks a lot. Have you got anything more to add, Garth? No, same by me. Thanks for um, joining us on the maiden voyage of uh, a, new, a new podcast um, experience that we're creating. Um, I will try to... Uh, we're not actually sure right now about the delivery method of this, so... Um, um, but when I do work it out, I'm going to put links to the things we've talked about so you can also research them and understand them a bit more. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, I'll just go through um, the most Im important aspects and put a few links on it too. I'll probably run it from my website or something. Um, so just so you guys can actually look at it, these things for yourself because um, we're touching them and talking about our own ideas about them. But obviously, um, obviously, if you want to expand on these things, you're welcome to get out there. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening. All right, see ya.